You're listening to a 95BFM podcast. Trees, mountains, a curious kiddo. It's time for the Green Desk with Francis on 95BFM. After Westport was hit by devastating floods in July last year, the government was prompted to release a report which came out yesterday, giving a snapshot on the scale of flood hazard exposure for vulnerable communities around Aotearoa. The report has essentially found that dozens of communities are at serious risk of flooding and are totally unprepared for it. Nine of the 44 affected communities are in the Tairawhiti district, which the region's mayor says is not unexpected. For the Green Desk this week, to follow up on what the report means in Tairawhiti and what the changing climate means with increased flooding, I caught up with Emergency Manager Ben Green. Here we are now. Could you begin by explaining a little of uh, what this report that's come out is and what it means for emergency management work around the country quite broadly? Probably in in terms of really uh, what it presents is is the complexity and and I, I... you know, my personal view is really what people probably assume to be a slow lead into the impact of climate change and climatic impact. Uh, that's really manifested itself, I think, nationally in terms of really where those regions have been highlighted there. So uh, particularly in the, you know, the other key aspect as well, just sort of uh, highlights how uh, vulnerable, particularly those in, in risk areas are, you know, now that we've seen the impact and the significant um, sorry, the frequency and the impact of what uh, you know we're dealing with in terms of events, particularly severe weather. Nine of the communities flagged in this report are in your Tairawhiti district. Obviously, this hasn't come as news to you as you've faced flooding events in the recent past. What do the flood protection projects look like currently in your council's 10-year plan? Yeah, so, I mean, the, the active ones that are underway at the moment is the, the Waipawa, which is the, that's the main river catchment that runs through the Poverty Bay. Um, there's obviously communities along the length of that. Quite a major system in itself, so that's um, underway. One of the other projects we've co-partnered with our all of our iwi and uh, 20 Kōkiri is really focusing on our remote rural, well, primarily remote communities and remote in our sense is really any, anything outside the urban urban boundary. So if you look at the geography, particularly for Tairawhiti, it's uh, really got very tenuous road infrastructure that connects communities is one of our challenges. Equally, the impact in terms of how fragile that infrastructure is means that really our ability to, to mitigate risk focuses on how we can actually then support communities in times of isolation or and even to significant events, particularly with tsunami being quite a, uh, you know, certainly in our in top uh, top five hazards. So what that means, you know, we have a very active engagement aspect in terms of our communities, uh, both for response, the way we connect welfare, and our recent uh, launch and what we were able to show everyone at the uh, the recent AMP show is the emergency pods which are going into the district from the start of next year. So they have the ability to shelter in the Nati Pro area which is the area north pretty much of Gisborne. The iwi itself is putting an additional 20 foot container full of uh, food stocks that we manage alongside another container with the emergency equipment that we, we're putting in those as well. Quite complex. Mm. Uh, we've 
dealing with, uh, you know, you haven't got even within terms of cell coverage or communications coverage, but that's really where we work on in terms of the hazard awareness and the alerting system that we use to, to at least activate communities to let them know something's coming their way that could hurt them. I understand that some regions, which may be yourself, are having to have conversations um, with isolated communities about damaged roads because they're not able to be fixed. Is that something that you're experiencing? Oh, for sure. Look, that's you know that's a challenge. Um, the reality, you've got a population base of 50,000 here, thereabouts. If you then look at the what's your ratepayer base within that, the makeup of that overall population, therein is a challenge straight away. You've got a resourcing constraint where trying to keep on top of road maintenance without severe weather events back to back. You know the piggy banks pretty small on the start with, but it's it's uh, certainly well beyond the scope of trying to actually even get back to remediate roads to a state that people would see if you're driving through Auckland. I hope you've got no potholes in Auckland. But, uh, um, not that I've seen recently. <laughs> yeah, but I think yeah, your, your district's mayor picked up on that um, and yeah, has said that because much of Tairawhiti is a high deprivation community, I guess your flood responses can't be leveraged off rates. How, In terms of this report, how would you hope to see the government work within these limitations and support you in that area? Area. Look, this is probably outside of my remit in terms of the economics and everything else here, but um, it certainly is, you know, our, our role and we're certainly in, in times of need is, is where we come in to coordinate and facilitate really emergency response and equally set in the conditions for recovery. The, the key thing really is that, you know, there has to be a sort of a recognition of the constraint, which is certainly a resource. Um, I guess within that, you know, you, you need to be able to lean on central government in terms of some way to be able to co-fund uh, what is sort of uh, risk mitigation, whether that's and, and the priority and how that sits in place there. But it's as a region uh, trying to do it by itself is a real, real challenge. Mm. And the report says that managed retreats, which includes total abandonment of vulnerable areas, is on the table with this report. How do you think that would play out in the areas that, that you look after in your community? Is, it, is that realistic? That's a good question. Um, I think that's a consultation piece. But there, I guess, you know, you've got uh, particularly, you know, what are probably identified as, as critical high risk areas and you know some of those we've had for some time within the catchment they're, they're within our managed catchment so and by that I'd mean that you know they'd be certainly highly susceptible prone to severe weather which results in the, you know very much a modelled flood zonal area I'd probably look in the last two years there's um, what we've seen is you know other catchments now that are very much impacted by the way we've seen the intensities and the way that these cells come into the region. So, you know, that's, a, you know, the consultation components, but, but equally using that language. I mean, it's certainly not two years ago people talking about coastal retreat wouldn't know what you're talking about. Um, for some, really, it's just that, and, you know, there are some quite tenuous properties out there where the, physically you're at risk by the fact the sea's almost lapping through your your front door. And I, I think a, a time frame of five to ten years, and I'm not a scientist, but I have a scientist on my team, you know, you, you, you're going to see, and I, I guess most New Zealand coastline, uh, to be fair in that regard, 
uh, where this starts manifesting uh, itself in terms of really planning, just ability to keep living where you have done. And that's, unfortunately, you know, there's a, some courageous conversations to be had or engaged with to, to try and get people uh, connected to the kaupapa in that regard. Mm. And can we finally pick up on um, pick up on that... I've seen a few criticisms this morning um, about a lack of Māori consultancy on the report. Is that something that's of concern to you and that you've picked up on uh, with the iwi in your area? If you're not dealing in our space and even as, as a region, I mean, we're 55% of our population is iwi Māori. I mean, myself, I've been brought up on the coast and even using the word deprivation index, I don't come from a deprived or, or deprived community. I mean, the way we mm. live is, is where we live. But equally, you know, not having been privy to um, the report, I mean, we've certainly seen that there's been a report produced, which was yesterday. You know, even partnering with the likes of, uh, you know, entities such as council and, you know, all your key stakeholders. And if you haven't got iwi in the mix there, then you're really not demonstrating partnership to mm. be able to speak on their behalf then. Um, so in that regard, you know, look, you, we wouldn't be doing uh, producing works like this here without really in, involving our, our key partners for that. Ben went on to tell me that the region is still drying out from flooding events that started last year. He says there are some really resilient areas, but that the resilience that is required under the impact of climate change is far beyond anything that's expected. That's it for The Green Desk this week. Thank you very much for tuning in. We will catch you next week. You've been listening to The Green Desk with Francis on 95BFM. That was a 95BFM podcast. To hear more, head to 95BFM.com slash bcasts.